I offer my respectful obeisances to my spiritual master, His Divine Grace, Hesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, to all the previous Acharyas, to Shishi Panchatattva, Sriman Mahaprabhu, Shishi Radhamadan Mohan, and Shishi Lakshmina Shringadev, and to all the devotees who are gathered here today, especially my dear uh, God-brothers and sisters who have joined Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for being here to witness the initiation. Initiation means the beginning of something. And there are many duties to do in this world, unlimited in fact. And Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Yavanarta Udapane, that if you in the village find many different wells for various purposes, in villages they have a purpose for each well, they can be replaced with a river because you can do everything there that you could have done in the wells and it never becomes contaminated. And Krishna recommends that Arjuna know the purpose behind all the Vedas so that he doesn't have to do so many duties. Ultimately, there's only one duty to do that makes it simpler in life. Otherwise, it seems like there are a lot of choices to make all the time. In fact, Krishna says, unless somebody has this sense of purpose, then person who's plagued with too many choices by not knowing the ultimate purpose of life, the ultimate reason that the Vedas exist to guide us and the goal that they guide us to, they become confused. And Krishna, in the Bhagavad Gita, gives us very simple instructions that solve all our problems. And the first one is that we're not our bodies. That's the biggest problem, is thinking that I'm a material body. It causes unlimited anxiety and problems, and there's no end to the miseries that come from living in a material body and identifying with it. So Krishna, at the very beginning, tells Arjuna that you're not actually your body, but you're a spiritual being that's temporarily inhabiting the body. And you're just passing through. Dehino sminyata dehe komaran yavaram jara. Do any of these sound familiar? Like you start as a a baby and then you a youth and then you go into middle age old age even if you're a young person it may sound familiar because you've done it before in previous lives and then we go to the next life so krishna says this is the the big mistake that we make identifying with the material body and he describes to arjuna many different ways in which we can understand that there's a higher purpose to life and how we can actually see how 
we're being manipulated by the modes of material nature in various ways. And in the end of the Bhagavad Gita, he says, Sarva dharaman parityaja mame kam sharanam braja aham tvang sarva papi byo mokshayishami masrajaha. That you should concentrate on one thing, and that is surrender to me, and don't worry. Because uh, Krishna is all-powerful, and he's all-merciful. And if we surrender to Krishna, then we'll be saved from so much misery. And we'll also be happy, right? And therefore, he says, don't worry and don't hesitate. As soon as possible, surrender to me. And someone might say, uh, how do I surrender? Well, there's a, a process. There's a process through which we can surrender to Krishna. It begins with accepting things that are favorable and rejecting things that are unfavorable. And we can feel these when we give up things that are unfavorable for a devotional service. It may seem difficult at first, but then we're replaced with, it's replaced is our distraction with material energy, with a kind of inner happiness and an empowerment that we get from leaving behind, for instance, the, the sinful activities of the material world. Those drain our energy and mostly they're like little bird. I have birds in my yard who enjoy taking a shnan in a, in a little fountain I have outside my window. And I can, I can tell what they're doing out there. They take a bath and then they see the reflection in the mirror of, of a bird and they think it's either you know, someone they want to talk to or maybe someone they want to fight with and they bang their little bird head into the window. <laughs> and I can hear them clink, boom, clink. And this is the way in which I become enamored of the material energy and I think I'm going to get something out of it. But it's banging my head against a reflection. There's nothing there. The great sages are, have already sorted this out for us and given us directions like nasato vidite bhavo nabhavo vidite sata ubayora pidushnon tas twaneyos tatvadarshibi there's what's real and there's what's reflected and you should know the difference between the two and if if you go for reality which is beautiful it's krishna and you put your energy into pursuing krishna trying to serve him then even a little bit of effort makes you happy. Krishna says that in the beginning of the, or near the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, Neha Bikramanashwasti Pratyavayo Navidyate Swalpamapya Siddharmasya Trayate Mahato Bhayad. That if you just give a su alpam, a tiny little bit of endeavor towards serving me, you'll feel it for yourself that you naturally feel satisfied and happy. But no, no matter how much work I put into the material world, even if I become so-called successful, whatever that means, then I'll still be in anxiety and unhappy. And I'll have to repeat the same process again. I leave this body and I have to take birth again into another material womb to carry on with my work. 
because Krishna is very kind and he set up the whole world in such a way as to accommodate us perfectly. That's scary for those who have lost their way and have no idea how to work in this vast universe of karma. But it's heartening to all of us because we know that if we just take shelter of Krishna and we try to follow his directions, as he says in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Ye me matam nityam anutishtanti madhava. Don't envy this principle that there's something to follow. Some people get upset if you have to wear a safety belt. There was a big uprising. Why do we have to wear safety belts? Uh, of course, maybe there's a case to be made. Uh, but there's laws like drive on the right side of the road. That makes a lot of sense if that's the law of the land, right? If it's like, no, I'm driving on the left. And then if there's a bloody accident, who can you blame? If you bite your own tongue, who can you blame? Oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> who are you going to talk to now? Krishna says this in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam through the mouth of the Avanti Brahman. This is our plight here in the material world. So initiation means that we've made a distinction, a clear distinction between reality and illusion. And of course, that's the purpose of the Srimad Bhagavatam, to distinguish between reality and illusion for the welfare of all. And when we're in the reality, then, and we're working to please Krishna, then we feel satisfied. And this initiation is one of the processes, accepting something that's very favorable. It's a kind of surrender to Krishna through his process. His process is that he markets his products through dis distribution points and distributors. There's some products you can't buy directly. Have you ever had that? You call up and they say, sorry, we sell through only through our distributors. Same with the... I, anyway, there, there are many many products like that. And this is one of them. So Krishna says, we have distributors. You can call one of them and see if you get the product. And so the, the process of parampara, accepting the, the holy name and the Gayatri mantras through the parampara that's been passed down from one spiritual master to disciple over many generations is an act of surrender to Krishna. So the holy name doesn't require initiation. However, those who take the holy name from a bona fide spiritual master in disciplic succession get the great benefit of following Krishna's system and taking shelter of him through a representative. And by chanting in that way, one makes rapid progress and come, can come to the ultimate goal of Krishna consciousness, especially, and this is extremely important, as one continues to hear sambandha jnana, knowledge of one's relationship with Krishna as one's chanting. That's why it's necessary to hear and chant, to hear from Srila Prabhupada's books, and to, to attend classes, to listen carefully, and chant at the same time. And by chanting Krishna's names, Every day, the minimum number of rounds 
at least, without fail, then it's guaranteed that the person will become purified because the holy name is so powerful that karma will be a broken. Yastundra Gopa Matavendra Mahosa Karma Bandana Rupa Palabhajana Matanoti Karmani Nirdahati Kintucha Bhakti Bhajam Govinda Madi Purusham Tamahamajami. When you serve Krishna, then the karma is destroyed. But everyone's entangled from Indra down to the small germ, the Indra Gopa germ. So it's important to chant Hare Krishna, and it's also important to be careful in one's attitude in life. So one of the attitudes that's really important is to be non-offensive. Don't uh, speak ill of devotees. It's an art to avoid this. And it's, it's the way of advanced devotees to be very careful in how uh, they speak about Vaishnavs or how they interact with him. It's not worth it to commit an offense just because we disagree or we feel angry with somebody. So that's one of the uh, points that's very important in practicing the chanting is to avoid offending devotees. And the next that's very important is to be careful to not take the holy name for granted and just think it's an ordinary sound vibration. It's helpful to hear again and again the science of sound vibration and how sound vibration makes this world and, in, and how we can become uncovered by a transcendental sound, anavriti shabdat. Is everyone okay? Yes. All right. It's a long time to sit there. We'll take a break in a, in a minute so you can all stand up because I don't want you to suffer. So in taking these vows to chant the holy names, remember that Krishna is personally present when you chant the holy name. And also remember that there are 10 offenses to avoid. And if you remember what they are, and you deliberately avoid committing those offenses, then Krishna will become very satisfied and help you to advance in devotional service very quickly. Some of you today are also taking second initiation. And this is mentioned in the Shastra about how it's an alchemical process, practically. Yata kanchanatam yati kamsam rasam vijanataha tatadiksha vidanena dvijatam jayatendrinam. So in the Hari Bhakti Vilas, just as you can convert, and if any of you can discover how to do this, please let us know. The, bell, the base metal into gold. There's some process that was known in past centuries. Vidanena uh, means by following the process as mentioned in the Shastra, then you can become transformed into one who is above the three modes of material nature. You can become a Brahmana by that process. 
And so the Diksha mantras that you've all received today, the devotees who are taking second initiation earlier, uh, receive their mantras, or say, I gave them the, the mantras just as Prabhupada gave them to me in the same manner as spoke them into their right ears. They listen to the mantra and then they have a, a sheet of mantras, seven in all, that they will be chanting along with their japa of the Hare Krishna mantra, Maha Mantra. They'll be stopping three times a day at, at the sandhyas in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening to say these mantras. Each one of them they say ten times. And oftentimes as we're moving about the world, we forget who we are. These mantras will help to remind you that you're eternal servants of Krishna. And they directly connect you to the spiritual world by hearing them. And they also enliven the heart, remembering how sweet Krishna is and that he's a person. And it helps us to chant the, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra even more enthusiastically. And so several devotees today will be, um, we will be giving certificates for them for having received their Diksha mantras. And these are transformative and the process is transformative to accept the second initiation or the mantra Diksha. So, I have a few more comments, but I would like you all to stand up for a minute and just um, raise your hands in the air and say, Goranga. Did that help? Okay, good. We'll do it again if you need it. So Srila Prabhupada is, is the most merciful Vaishnav. He single-handedly came to the West to give just not only the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, but also he wanted to create brahmanas. And that's not easy. Uh, people have their own ideas, especially here in the West. Well, in the East too, everywhere. Every living entity thinks I'm self-contained, I'm fine, I don't need anything. Please keep to yourself, mostly. There's a lot of sincere people also, but imagine how Prabhupada came by himself and his intention was to give everyone the opportunity to become purified by the process of chanting Hare Krishna. And he had the vision that such uh, people, even the most confused and downtrodden people could come to the highest level. And this is not something that everyone in India agreed with. People often think that, no, no, you have to take birth in a Brahmin family before you can actually practice devotional service. 
But the Bhagavatam says that from, from whatever situation you're in now, by the power of devotional service, you can raise, uh, rise to the highest position. Hirata hunandra pulinda pulkasha abhira shumba yavana kasadaya. Shukadev Goswami says this, that it doesn't matter where you're from or what outcast group you're with. If you come in contact with the Vaishnavas and you hear the vibration of the holy name, you'll become improved. And all of you, somehow or other, you've come in contact with that vibration. And you felt enlivened. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here. You were lifted up and you thought, yes, I can do this. And that I'm getting improved because I'm hearing in the association of devotees and living a pure life. That's nectar. To know that one's making advancement and actually can stand firm come to the point of nishta, that I, f I actually feel like I have spiritual strength. That's powerful. Because most people are controlled by the senses. And they, they don't like it. They pretend like they're not. And they think, if I get enough money, or uh, if I'm famous enough, then I will, uh, everything will be okay. But it's not. People are miserable. The only thing that makes us happy is having this inner fortitude through the power of devotional service and to feel the exhilaration of making spiritual advancement. And the way to make spiritual advancement is to follow the acharyas. And Srila Prabhupada is the best of all acharyas because he's a pure devotee who, against all odds, brought the Hare Krishna Mahamantra to the West and personally induced the people to chant Hare Krishna, and then personally train them how to do it. It's painstaking work for a pure devotee, what to speak, an elderly pure devotee, to come to the level of those who have no idea what devotional service is. Because in old age, and when one has a pure heart, the only real natural inclination is to sit down with advanced devotees and hear and chant. But Prabhupada did the opposite. He went and sat with people who had no idea what it was up on Hippie Hill, not too far from here. <laughs> and on Hippie Hill, people had all their own ideas, but just by hearing the vibration that Prabhupada made, Hare Krishna, and it wasn't even any fancy tunes. He made up his own tunes, basically. And he sang them, and people were banging on whatever they get a hold of. Prabhupada had a bongo drum. <laughs> and there were people with cymbals and whatever they'd pull out of their garage. And, and people would start dancing. The Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is really powerful. The first time I heard it, I thought, what is that? It's really interesting. It's hypnotic. And it's Krishna. And so those who are really intelligent decide that... I'm going to follow Prabhupada's footsteps. What he brought as a gift, I'm going to take that as fully as I can, as soon as I can, because there's not much time. And it's really important. And when you do that in this line of devotional service, you get the mercy of all the acharyas. 
and you'll feel it. I mean, somebody might look from the outside and say, well, there's two wires there. There's two copper wires side by side. Now we know one of them's electrified. Is that the right terminology? Electrical engineers? <laughs> one of them's hot. And the other one, one's live and the other one's not. From the outside, it looks like the same thing. But if you want to know the difference, you have to touch it. <laughs> so we want to touch it. Well, we want to touch that wire that's coming from the spiritual world, the, where the current's coming from the spiritual world. And this is the teaching of the great acharyas and of the Shastra itself, that by taking this initiation and the vows, then you come in contact with the wire. First you surrender, then the, you'll start to feel the juice come through. And why not? Because, you know, it's a boring life, really. Just fending off misery all the time. And just trying to make up a, a wall as much as possible so that uh, I won't get attacked by the material energy. The basic wall, try to get money. Because I think psychologically, if I have enough money, then I'll, I'll be able to stop anything that happens or I'll... You know, I'll be taking, I'll become, nobody wants to be inconvenienced in this world. But Narada Muni says, don't worry about it. You're going to be inconvenienced no matter how hard you try. So you might as well be inconvenienced for Krishna. And that's uh, preemptive inconvenience. You take an, in, and that's called tapasya. If you take tapasya on yourself for the sake of Krishna, then you start to enjoy it. It's like, yeah. I, everyone gets inconvenience thrust upon them, but I'm going to choose my own. I feel in, some inconvenience in my life for my senses will feel inconven inconvenienced by taking up the process of Christian consciousness. So we, th we are sheltered at the lotus feet of Srila Prabhupada and all the previous acharyas, the powerful energy from the spiritual world is coming down through them and I am a poster child of one who got electrocuted or electrified <laughs> by touching the wire <laughs> uh, and proof that from any class even the lowest can come in contact with this process of Krishna consciousness and then become a servant to, to help pass it on to other people. We have a really uh, nice situation here. If you look around, the place is beautiful and clean. There's nice air coming through. And we're all sitting in good company. I mean, look at the company we have. Take a look around. I mean, everyone here, you'd want to live in their house with them and be friends with. You know, we're really lucky. And that's all coming from Srila Prabhupada. He, uh, and that's the, that's the life you get when you chant Hare Krishna. The more you chant Hare Krishna, the more you say your Gayatri mantras, the more you come into good fortune. And everything that's actually good and wholesome and that feels uh, satisfying to the heart. All right? So, chant without offense. Never offend devotees. Never put it in writing. Don't swear. 
I never thought I'd have to say that, but <laughs> actually, <laughs> have your speech be in Satvagun. I just started noticing that sometimes nowadays it's become a fashion, even on the internet. People use really heavy language. And uh, what we say makes a big difference. So as initiates, set an example. Ask yourself, would your guru say that? Or would Prabhupada say it? Could you see Srila Bhaktisiddhanta talking like that? Be careful. Be purposeful. And uh, you'll go back home, back to Godhead, just by being good and cooperating and chanting Hare Krishna. All right? Also, try to help others, because when you reach out to other people and give them Christian consciousness, then you'll notice how valuable it is. Yesterday, right at the end of the day, we saw a gentleman walking down the sidewalk. Is he here? <laughs> he was on his way somewhere, but I noticed his eyes. He looked in there like, what in the heck is that? <laughs> and I've seen that look before. Like in Japan, people are... It's part of the culture not to look at people in the eyes. They don't stare. And we do Harinam, and then we notice. If anybody looks, it means, yes, I'm open. You can come over and talk to me. Maybe I'll join. Uh, and I noticed this f fellow out there. He was looking in, and, and so I know that look. It's the look of the jiva, like, hey, what am I missing here? And generally, they're, lo they're getting all... It's a whole rip-off going on out there, a whole rip-off thing, if you haven't noticed it. Everyone's showing stuff, here, why don't you buy this or that? And there's a big profit motive behind it. Everyone wants to extract something from another conditioned soul so that they can live on a high hill and look down and say, ha, 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 I'm better than you are. But devotees aren't like that. We want to share it with everybody as much as possible through music and dance and literature. And, and the best food in the world, and giving prasadam to people. So he looked in, and that was a big mistake, because <laughs> he ended up with a big stack of books, plate of prasadam, a garland. We gave him nectar drink. I think it was charnamrita or something. That they could like. He said, is this tequila? And I was like, no. <laughs> Spiritual tequila. <laughs> Definitely packs a punch, but not the kind you're thinking. And he gave a $20 donation. <laughs> so my point was, try to help others. Because even if you don't think you'll be very successful at giving others Krishna consciousness, uh, you'll be purified by it, and, and they will take it. People will take it from those who are purified by the process of Christian consciousness. Is that okay? Thank you.